Before we dive into this episode, I want you to think about what it would feel like to have your dream clients begging to work with you. Your DMs are flooding with inquiries, emails are pouring in, and your past clients are sending over all of their friends to work with you. Trust me, babe, you've been putting in the work, investing in your education, and reaching new levels in your self-development and skills. I see you. But do your dream clients actually see you online? I have a handful of intuitive content coaching calls available and would love the opportunity to help you shine online. Check out kianamarie.com slash connect to learn more. Together, we work closely to generate a ton of content for your business, not just trends, but genuine content that feels true to you and your business. From my kitchen table to yours, we come up with a content plan flooded with behind the scenes clips, client experience, and upcoming events. You are a big deal, my love. We just need more people to know about you. Let's capture that twinkle in your eye and share your passions online. Your dream clients are just one scroll away from finding you. Let's connect with them. Find more details at kianamarie.com slash connect. I can't wait to see you shine online. Now let's get this party started. Over the last 15 years, I have experienced a ton of mistakes. And these mistakes range from tiny little mishaps or miscommunications to actually losing a lot of money, as well as some pretty dramatic and highly emotional moments. Now, the reason why I think it's important to share these with you is obviously so you can hear about them, learn from them, and not repeat them. I I secretly hope these never, ever, ever, ever happen to you. But we've been having a lot of fun on the podcast, chatting all about these connection calls with real life influencers that are my real friends in the community and beyond. And as I'm sharing these conversations, I really want this podcast to be an open book for you. I want it to be a space for encouragement, a safe space to feel heard and understood. And with that, although I do share a lot of the highlights and a lot of really fun accomplishments and really fun stories, I also want to share like, hey, look, this is a reality and you are working with humans, with real people, with real emotions, and it's not always easy. So I thought it would be a great idea to kind of break up some of these connection calls with some real life mistakes I've made as a photographer. Now, I love my list, as I've mentioned before, so let's keep it real and let's dive into these mistakes I've made to help you prevent them in the future. Welcome to Keanu Marie Weekly, a podcast for creatives who love to celebrate wins, big or small, by dancing in the kitchen, photographers who are excited to serve their clients, and friends who are ready to chase really, really big dreams. You can find all of the resources mentioned in this episode at kianamarie.com slash podcast. Join me as I share weekly motivation, chat about growing pains, finding genuine connections, and celebrating your wins through the lens of a photographer at heart. Come join me for a dance party. Ready? Let's go. All right. Welcome back. I am so pumped and so grateful you're here. This would be a great opportunity to whip out your notebook or definitely reference the show notes for this one, because these are mistakes that you absolutely don't want to make in the future. 
Number one, not calling myself a professional. Now, I want to start kind of surface level here, but really this is a deep-rooted mistake that I made in the beginning that if I can go back in time, I would have just been born and had people call me Kiana Marie, the professional photographer, um, instead of waiting for these insecurities to creep through and to not define myself as a professional. Because when I first started my business, I was working at Trader Joe's and I was just a girl with a camera who loved to take photos of families and events and eventually weddings, but it just didn't feel real. It didn't feel right because I didn't feel professional. Not to date myself, but I had a portfolio pieces where they were actually in binders with printed photos that were in those like plastic sleeves. That's literally what, what I gave as reference photos or portfolio work for my first couple of brides. So that's a long time ago. I also had galleries on CDs. You guys, I actually delivered CDs as um, like portfolio references. Like this is way back in the day. And even though that was the, I would say the latest technology, I was using it and I was promoting it and I was excited to share it, but it still didn't feel professional. So what, in my opinion, makes someone professional? I believe someone who is a professional in their trade is someone that invests in education, is someone that truly is prideful about their work, always does their best. They can make mistakes. So I want to make sure that there's like, you know, a little blanket statement about that. It's absolutely okay to make mistakes, but to wholeheartedly want to fix them, improve them, and make some changes for next time. Being a professional um, is, is very prideful. And so I think that's really important, but it also is an embodiment. When you have that confidence that you are the best person for the job, when you know that your services and your offers are going to help make an impact, make someone's day, life, or experience just so much sweeter, that's where I find the professionalism just shines. So if I can go back in time, definitely the mistake I made was not calling myself a professional. And I want you to stick around for the end of the episode because I'm actually going to debunk these and help you prevent these in the future as well. So stick around for that. Number two, time zone mistakes for Zoom calls. Y'all, I am the worst when it comes to time zones. Like literally, if I was ever on Jeopardy or some type of quiz game, I would look like an idiot online if I couldn't even figure out time zones. Like, I'm sorry. That's just the way I am. Maybe it's just my brain in this block. And maybe I should make that a challenge for myself to try to figure it out. But I hate time zones. I have missed a couple of really important Zoom calls with client meetings, with podcast interviews. Um, this was before. I started my podcast. Um, many of those have been prevented thanks to HoneyBook. And we'll get into that later. But yeah, I time zones are just the worst. And I don't want that to happen to you, right? So I can't tell you how many times I'm Googling. What time is it in Arizona? Is Arizona and California on the same time? Is Arizona mountain time? Uh, what time is it on the East Coast? And it's so confusing because I'm the worst at geography. So someone could tell me what state they're in. And I couldn't even tell you if that was central time or East Coast time. Are those even the same? I don't know. It's very confusing. But I want to encourage you that if you have a glitch like this, whether it is some form of dyslexia or maybe you are confused with time zones or something like that, it's okay. I'm still in business. I still make a living doing what I love. And I just want to support you and empower you that if you are making these little mistakes, it's okay. 
people are human. Um, but just know that they can be preventable, thankfully, to HoneyBook. Okay, so we'll keep chatting. Um, I'm definitely going to circle back to HoneyBook and how it has changed my life. But let's roll into number three, forgetting the engagement album. Okay, well, let me back up here. I need to tell you a story. I should have said this first. But basically, to paint the picture, I was in Mexico. And at the time, I was just kind of, I would say I was a couple of years into my business. And the couple that had hired me to go out, they had paid for all of my travel. They paid for all of my accommodations. And they also paid for a portion of their collection. So I was just at the tipping point where I wasn't quite including the collection fee, all of travel, like the whole shebang, right? Because side note, commercial break, Full transparency, when I first started my international weddings, whether I was going to Mexico or anywhere else in the world, I was only charging travel fees. So I used to say, hey, as long as you can get me here, I will cover that collection fee. Don't even worry about that. And at the time, I think I was only charging maybe $3,500 for wedding coverage, but I would include so much. Okay. But anyway, I digress. I was just kind of giving you an update. Because what I want to share is I was actually in the room with one of my past brides who happened to be the maid of honor for that wedding that we were in Mexico for. And I was sharing a room with her. So this is just full transparency again. Like this is the grit. This is the grind. I did not just have people book me at my full package price and then also pay for all my accommodations at first. Now they do. But when I first started, they didn't. So I want to make like that crystal clear. So anyway, now it makes sense why I was in the room with the maid of honor. We were sharing a room and uh, yeah. And so the bride comes in and she asked me, it was just after the rehearsal dinner, we're all like sun-kissed from laying out by the pool. And, you know, we just enjoyed a really delicious rehearsal dinner the night before. So it was Friday evening and the bride looks to me, she's in the room hanging out with us, ready to go up, you know, up to her room for the evening. And she looks at me and says, oh yeah, hey, Key. Do you have the engagement book for the guest book? I would love to grab that now so I can, you know, get it set up for tomorrow, like put it with all the things so it doesn't get forgotten. I cannot even express how my heart just sank. I I didn't force into tears. I didn't like have this like crazy emotional traumatic, like at least I didn't think so, like on the outside, but I was literally shaking and thinking, oh my God, I don't have it. And let's be clear, I didn't forget it, okay? Like it wasn't like it was sitting on my messy desk at home and it didn't get into my suitcase to travel to Mexico with us. But I did not even create. I did not put it together. I did not purchase. I did not ship. I I did not make her engagement album. And I'm sorry if you're just following along. Basically what I'm saying is I had created, um, the plan was, was to create a guest book with their engagement photos right? So in case you didn't catch that, (laughs) that's all it was. I was just going to take about 20 of their engagement photos, throw it into a guest book. And I actually included some Sharpies. Like that was the plan, but it was in an email. It was an email thread months ago. And I forgot. I just made one of the biggest mistakes ever. And I was panicking because I had nothing to show for it. Right? So I want to kind of resurrect this moment and how I went above and beyond to make sure that this couple felt loved and appreciated, even though I made this horrible mistake. Well, let me backtrack and tell you the story because this is kind of juicy. So I told her, the bride that night, I said, oh my gosh. So she left the room. I said, oh yeah, let me grab it. I'll I'll find it. And she was in a hurry to leave. And I looked at, at the maid of honor, who was one of my past brides and close friends. And I told her, 
Jessica, I, I don't have it. I, I, and she's like, what do you mean? Of course, what? No. And it was like, not a Kiana thing to like, forget something like that. Right. And I told her, no, I don't have it. And she's like, okay, well you should probably tell her that now. So she doesn't wake up on her wedding day and like not realize I'm like, okay, okay. So I ran out the door, chased down the bride and I apologize. And I said, I'm so sorry. I had to face my fear. I had to fear this rejection. I just felt horrible because as a wedding photographer, you know, or as any type of business owner, like your job is to make everybody's life easier, better, more beautiful, make people feel confident, make people feel loved. And the fact that I just forgot something, I was just like, and I know this may not seem like a big deal now, like in hindsight, but like to me, to that bride, it just felt like, oh, it was just like the worst. So the next day I told her, I said, don't worry about it. I'm going to make it up for you. You know, I have an idea. And she's like, okay. Cause you know, there were some things happening with traveling and of course, destination weddings and especially international weddings, uh, you know, things can, can come up and can be a little less, uh, you know, it's not, doesn't always go as planned. So the next day I took it upon myself to go through, and this was during the cocktail hour and then also during kind of reception and dancing. And I went up to every single wedding guest. And I say wedding guests, but really I went up to different families. Like I went up to all the moms. I went up to everybody I could find. And I asked them to please share a note. And I literally had my iPad because I don't know. I mean, I traveled to my iPad. So I don't think anybody like pulls their iPad out anymore. But I had my iPad and I had everybody write out a little note to the couple, right? It was just like their form of the guest book is basically what I was doing. And because this couple did not purchase an album after their wedding, they had just done the package. They had just gotten me to Mexico. Um, they had paid for the engagement um, guest book, but they did not pay for like a full-fledged luxury heirloom album is what I call them. I gifted that to them. So I went through all of like what everybody said and I created an album for them with photos of the couple because this is also an intimate wedding, right? I think there were maybe 35 guests um, at their wedding. We were all in Mexico. I went through and I, because I remember them because I'm psycho and I just kind of put a little like thumbnail photo next to the couple or the family that wrote that response or wrote that little love note to them. And that's what I gifted them. So I like resurrected the, the the mistake by offering them this album. It really was actually like a $4,000 album. Not at cost to me, but what it have cost to them to do that. And I felt good about it. Like I felt like, whoa, okay. I took this mistake and I tried to make it as best as I could. I could not fix anything in that moment, but how can I make this up to this beautiful bride? And she still referred me. I was still able to book uh, multiple weddings from that wedding and everything went out smoothly. But it was just so scary. So that's a mistake that I will not make. I will not depend on all of my Gmail emails to get lost in the mix, which is another reason why I love HoneyBook for this exact reason. And we'll get into that later. That was a long number three. Let's get into number four, not talking or communicating with one of my couples until the week of their wedding. Literally, I had one of my brides reach out the Monday before her wedding and ask, hey, Key, looking forward to seeing you this Saturday, is there anything I should prepare for, for my like getting ready box and stuff like that? Now this bride has, we're friends. Okay. And she has seen my work before. She's actually been in multiple weddings that I have photographed before. So she's very familiar with the process, but I completely dropped the ball in not communicating with her and sharing 
all the updates, sending out my questionnaire. I had nothing. I went literally about nine months without a peep from me. This poor girl, the only way that she knew I was alive was because I was posting on Instagram and posting on Facebook. And that, once again, was a huge mistake because I missed out on creating so many touch points and so many ways to offer education and help that was just left in the dust. So this is a huge mistake that I hope you never make. I hope you stay consistent and connected with your clients. Number five, forgetting to share the images with vendors. Now, this is not one particular moment. Um, This actually happened a handful of times. And this is a huge missed opportunity and big fat mistake as photographers to make when it comes to boosting referrals, creating genuine friendships with vendors, and honestly, just being a local favorite, right? So there were a couple weddings where I had vendors reach out to me six months later, if not a year later, asking for access to the gallery Now, I create a a vendor gallery, so I'm not sending all of the wedding photos with with family and all those intimate details, uh, right? Like, I I just don't think those those don't belong online or at least at the will and access to everybody. But I do love sharing as many vendor details and decor details and venue details as possible. But yeah, like missing that opportunity to send the professionally curated images to vendors is a huge mistake. They're excited to see your images. And here's the thing. They're theirs too. Like they feel just as entitled to your work. And some people have different opinions about that, but I think they're right. I think that they have access to those images because it's their work. It's showcasing them as well. So that's why I love going above and beyond sharing my images, sharing the gallery, sharing the blog post, and of course, Insta stories and behind the scenes with my vendors. So they actually have an opportunity to share them, to be excited about them and literally market your business for capital F, capital R, capital E, E, free. Like literally, you guys, like if you're missing out on this opportunity, oh my gosh, now is the time to share with vendors. And I even, this is like me being always giving unsolicited advice. I even would suggest that you reach out to them either at the end of the year or after a certain time when you have worked with a particular, either a venue or a vendor. So for example, what I'm trying to get at, how cool would it be if at the end of a year, you send one venue that you love, it's a local venue, you'd be happy to shoot there again, and you send them the four weddings all in one email, all in one link that you photographed that year. Or it could be more, right? Maybe you did 17 weddings that year, or maybe you just did two or three, but having all of their weddings that you shot at that one venue or having a favorite makeup artist that you shot a few weddings together, having them all in one location will be huge. So don't make that mistake again by not sharing them with vendors. They're going to be so grateful and be so happy to share. Number six, Okay, this is a doozy and it really, really broke my heart. Um, But I actually missed over $1,800 worth of payments for one mini session weekend. So here's how this went down, which was a huge mistake. So basically, I had charged only 50% to book. So here's what happens. As my mini session prices started to increase... I didn't want just like one flat fee. Like I didn't want my clients to pay in full because things do happen, um, you know, last minute schedule changes, or sometimes these are just, 
I book them out so far in advance and I sell out so far in advance that sometimes things come up and I just, I didn't want to hold that kind of money and not be able to spend it um, until a certain time, just in case anything had to be canceled or switched around. Typically, especially with mini sessions, if a mom has a scheduling conflict, I usually just refund them. Um, I know that's once again, there's going to be haters out there. There's going to be people that disagree with that, but it's just how I roll. If you don't show up from any session, I give you your money back. And honestly, it's because I book things back so back to back that if someone does have to cancel or reschedule, it just gives me a little water break or a pee break, but that's beside the point. So here's how this happened. I only sent out invoices for 50%. And then I never sent out the following 50%, either the day of or the week of the shoot. And the only way that I knew this was because one of the moms reached out and said, hey, I I don't think I paid you. I think I owe you more money. And I'm like, oh, no, no, you're good. You're good. I'm thinking it's done. And she was right. Not only was she right, but I actually um, had about a dozen couples or families that owed me about $250. And I just, honestly, this is once another bad mistake, please don't come at me, but I just let it slide. So I actually, I asked that mom like, Oh, thank you for letting me know. Yes, please. Here's the $250 that you owe me. Like, (laughs) thank you. I appreciate you so much. And then I did not reach out to the other couples because it had been a year past since that had happened. So I just didn't think it was right to go back and be like, I made a mistake. I there's just it didn't make sense for me to go back and charge these families, especially because they were just gearing up to book me again. So that was a huge fat mistake. I really hope never happens to you again. Um, but it's it's possible. So we just have to be extra careful with our billing and how exactly we're doing that. Number seven, the big fat mistake that I've made was actually double booking a wedding. Now Let me be clear, this was not two weddings that I double booked. I had booked a wedding and a family portrait shoot on the same day. Now, this the reason why this was so stressful, because I'm sure you're listening and thinking, well, just reschedule the family, no big deal. Well, this was a time of year, like in November, near Thanksgiving, when the family had some college students and some kids still in high school. And this was going to be the only time for quite some time that everyone was in the same place at the same time. And if you know, as children get older and families expand and move away, like it can be really hard to get us all in the same room, let alone feeling dressed up, feeling polished and ready for photos. So this was a huge, huge moment for me where I'm like, oh my God, how did I let this slip? I booked this session way far in advance and it just didn't, it just didn't cross my mind that it was booked at the same exact time, the same exact day. So luckily I had an associate shooter. She was a friend of mine. She was able to photograph that session and all is well. Um, In fact, that family has rebooked with me again in the future and she understood. But uh, that that was a hard uh, moment for me because I... I don't like making mistakes like that. I don't like being in predicaments where I have to choose or have to let anybody down. And so that, that was so sucky. And number eight, another big fat mistake I've made over the years is wasting. Wasting so much of my time with emails and communication of me sending the same stuff, me answering the same questions. And yes, I had canned emails um, through Gmail, which just means they're like little quick template emails that I can send out and then adjust a couple little details. 
but I just wasted so much of my time. And I really, really want to help you feel set up for success where you don't have to waste all that time. Okay. Because our time is valuable. Our time is precious. And I believe, actually, I know there are apps out there. There are tools out there. And there's a lot of pre-work that you can do up front. So you can actually create these resources for your couples and answer their questions before they even know what to ask or they even come at you, right? Because someone that feels well-loved and taken care of and has all their questions answered is going to think so highly of you and have raving reviews and really truly love their experience with you. But it really does start with that communication. Okay, so now's the fun part. Now that I've shared with you some really juicy mistakes, you may be thinking, all right, they weren't that bad. I thought you like, you know, dropped your camera in the water. I thought you lit something on fire. Actually, now that I say that, I've lit my hair on fire before at a wedding. Um, I was backing up into a table and my long brown hair kind of got singed. All of a sudden I smell something smoking. Nothing went into flames, but I definitely burned the bottom tips of my hair. But that's pretty much the extent of the craziness. So now I want to kind of share some action items. I'm actually going to go through this list again really quickly, but this time share how HoneyBook, which is my CRM, has helped prevent these in the future. So I've done these once. They will never happen again. I'm knocking on wood. Um, I don't want that to ever happen. Um, I'm trying to be as proactive as possible. But HoneyBook is a CRM, which is a client relations relationship manager. Basically, it's just a hub where I keep all of my contracts, I keep all of my invoices, I keep all of my emails, questionnaires, and timeline um, stuff, all of my calendars, and uh, just basically my entire business is ran through HoneyBook. Now, I do have other apps and other programs that I use, but HoneyBook is the bread and butter, the meat and potatoes of what keeps me in business without looking like a crazy person. Okay. So number one, I want to go back through this, not calling myself a professional. As soon as I invested in HoneyBook and I started using HoneyBook for my contracts and my invoices, I elevated myself literally to a professional overnight because what was happening is I would, and this is going to date myself again. I actually used to send out contracts in envelopes in manila folders with those little like metal things that cut yourself if you're not paying attention, those little tabs. Um, I used to send those out and I would actually send two documents where I would have the couple sign both. So then they could keep one. And then I would already have the postage because I tried to be very proactive. I would already have the postage paid for. So they just have to mail that back. That's how old I am. Okay. <laughs> so we don't do that anymore. Through HoneyBook, I just elevated my experience. I mean, I used to I used to trade sessions for shark tickets, which was our local hockey team. Um, I used to do it for cash and Starbucks card or even babysitting trades I would do. And, you know, it just it just really elevated my business. Once I invested in HoneyBook and people could pay online, um, you know, credit cards were and online payments were secured and were an option to pay, and it just elevated me overnight. All right, let's go back to number two, which are the time zone uh, mistakes. I'm so thankful for HoneyBook because literally that's not an issue anymore. So anytime that somebody signs up for a Zoom call or has any type of booked appointment, HoneyBook has the brains and the algorithm and the calculations to figure out where in the world they are and we match up. So I never have to worry about that. I have not missed a Zoom call once since investing in HoneyBook or any type of 
time zone related thing because they keep track of that. So definitely, definitely consider a CRM for those types of things. So there's no room for that like human error or my dyslexia, which comes out a lot. All right. And then going back to Mexico for number three with the engagement album being forgotten and or like the sign in book, totally, totally forgotten. Um, It was in a Gmail thread of emails. And six months later, I forgot to order it. It was just a nightmare. HoneyBook will prevent that because you can have all of your uh, all of your price sheet figured out. You can have tons of information on there, reminders. You can create notes for yourself. It's just all in one space. So nothing gets left behind, right? So like in the future when this happens, obviously they would click to make sure that it's an add-on or it's an option. And then through their invoice and specifically their contract, I can see what their offers are, what is included in their package, and it's just in one glance. So I would make a note for myself to make sure what are my deliverables, what's expected from me, and uh, can this be done now? Can this be done the week of their wedding? Like, you get what I'm saying? Like, those don't fall through the cracks. So thank you, HoneyBook, for saving me for future events like this from happening. Number four, not talking or communicating with one of my couples until the week of their wedding. So let's backtrack to literally ghosting my clients, my dream clients for literally nine months after they have booked me, we've done their engagement session. And then I said, okay, see you next year. Literally, I will, you know, it took so long for me to, to connect with them. HoneyBook has incredible automations. They have email options where you can already just do the the forefront work to fill in these little bubbles, fill in these questionnaires, you can time things out. So instead of going through and missing things, you're already, you already have a funnel already delivered for your couples so they can look forward to it and they feel super taken care of. And once again, nothing gets through the cracks and everybody has a very just incredible experience across the board. You're not treating one couple one way. You're not forgetting a client gift over here. You're not forgetting a, a a sweet love note, or I call it, you know, thank you note or email, you know, a mailed card. You're not forgetting those. So thank you, HoneyBook, for doing that. Um, and then number five, forgetting to share the images with vendors. So this goes in back into the workflow. Okay. Thank you to HoneyBook for allowing me to have all this organized and just kind of create a checklist. So after the wedding, I know this needs to be done. Two weeks out, this is done, right? Because as soon as you send that link to their gallery, you're not done, sister. Like there's still things to do to create an impact and create an experience that is makes your value so much more valuable. And then of course, number six, when I miss out on all of that money from those mini sessions, that'll never happen again because all of my payment processing goes through HoneyBook and they'll have multiple options for payment. I can create payment plans. And this is great because then I... I don't have to ask my clients for this. I'm not reaching out to them. I'm not reminding them. Well, I take that back. Thanks to HoneyBook, I can remind them, but it's already triggered to do that for me. So I don't have to manually go in the week of my mini sessions. I'm typically traveling for mini sessions because I do a lot of back, I do a lot back home in, in Northern California and the Bay Area. And so like, there's just so much going on that week that I also don't want to remind them, oh, by the way, pay me. Okay, like that's already taken care of. And nothing, once again, gets kind of filtered through the cracks. Number seven, double booking. Thank you, HoneyBook, for never, ever, ever, ever letting that happen to me again. Okay, so typically when I go in to either start a new project, to add a new client, or to create a new invoice, or anything like that at all, 
anytime I add a date in, HoneyBook will actually pop up a reminder and say, oh, by the way, you already have an obligation for that day or you're, you know, double booking. Like it's like a little notification that says, whoops, check this out before you continue. Now, there are some things that I'm like, yes, I know, right? Like there could be already either a podcast um, session that morning, but I'm photographing a branding shoot that evening. That's fine. I can override that easily. Like I'm not allowed, it's not that I'm not allowed to continue booking. It's just a little reminder. And I love this because it's just, it just prevents this type of heartache from happening. And number eight, no more wasting my time with emails and communication. So this goes back to staying connected with your couples, staying connected with your clients. You are going to want a system that doesn't fail you, that keeps you top of mind, that adds so much value and credibility to your business. So if you're interested in learning more about HoneyBook and how it can totally revolutionize your life, I have a couple episodes for you. Um, One of my favorites is six ways that HoneyBook helped me reach six figures. I'm talking over $100,000 in my business, pure profits. uh, That to me, especially when I first started, was a big deal. It was a big milestone. Now it's not everything. Um, I know a lot of very successful photographers that are making triple that amount or even only $50,000 a year. It doesn't matter. It's whatever you find successful. I want to add that little reminder in there. But yes, so if you are interested in trying HoneyBook, I have a link for you. Um, Check it out in the show notes. Check it out on my website as well. I would just highly encourage you to check it out. Poke around. They have incredible resources. And our girl, Natalie Frank, who is one of the co-founders of Rising Tide Society, she has just kickstarted a whole new podcast called the independent podcast and or independent business podcast. And I'm obsessed with it. It is so informational and educational. It's something that you want to be connected with. And I'll definitely link that in the show notes as well. So thank you to my HoneyBook family. I cannot rave about you enough. It comes with an incredible community. It comes with tons of support. And this is definitely the type of platform that you're going to want to be a part of to see the growth. Not every single one of these CRMs are going to be perfect. There are tons of options out there. HoneyBook has just been what's worked for me and what I stand by and what I love to be a part of. So if you'd like more information on that, please send me a DM. I would love to chat with you about how it's worked for my business, how maybe it will be a good fit for you or maybe not. Um, I'd love to chat with you about that. So thanks for listening. I really hope that you find these mistakes helpful and encouraging to know that, hey, I've done it. We've all been there. We're not perfect, but we're human. And as long as we come from that space of serving and loving, we'll be golden. So hope you have a good day, babe. Keep on dancing. Okay, love you. Bye. That's a wrap on another episode of Kiana Marie Weekly. Thank you so much for your listenership and support. You can find the resources and show notes for this episode and more at kianamarie.com slash podcast. I'd be honored if you'd show your support by leaving a review and rating on your favorite podcast app. Until next time, keep on dancing.